0: After an accident, minutes matter. Your words and actions matter even more. You need help, and you need it now. This is David vs. Goliath, brought to you by Dolman Law Group Accident Injury Lawyers, a boutique firm with a reputation for going head-to-head with the insurance company giants and putting people over profits.
1: My name is Stan Geib, and I'm here with my law partner, Matt Dolman, and today we're here to talk to you a little bit about uh, a new upcoming mass tort that you may not have heard a lot about and has to do with the acetaminophen when taken by pregnant women causing autism. So, Matt, tell us a little bit about what's coming down the pipe with that. Sure. This is, uh, I guess, it's a little
2: bit personal, if you will, um I have a 12-year-old autistic son. so. The Tylenol autism lawsuit, it's not necessarily new. It's taking off now, though. That's correct. So last week, the JPML, which is a joint panel of multi-district litigation, met in St. Louis, and they chose the uh, Southern District of New York and Judge Denise Coate to run the uh, MDM, MDL, which is the uh, multi-district litigation. So about 80 cases are now being consolidated into the Southern District of New York. And what this relates to is the use of acetaminophen by women while pregnant and it's been dose dependent based on medical studies. So the more they've taken, the greater the likelihood, the greater the incidence of autism and ADHD. And there's three specific studies that have come out since 2018. The last one is in 2021, which was uh, done by the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and also Bo- Boston Cohort. And it's a project where you look at 996 women and the cord blood samples which they studied over a course of a year and a half. And based on the strength of the amount of use of uh, acetaminophen or Tylenol, the greater the likelihood, so again, it's dose dependent, the greater likelihood of autism or ADHD.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, this is something they started popping up several years ago in some medical studies, okay? And we can talk a little bit about correlation versus causation, you know? And then initially in some of these medical studies, you know, they noted, hey, it looks like um, there's there's a correlation. But, you know, when we're finding Tylenol or acetaminophen use by the mother when she was pregnant, we're finding higher incidence of autism, right? And, and they say, look, this is correlated, but that doesn't necessarily mean causation because- Let's say we were to find out that headaches by pregnant women caused autism. Well, you would expect women with headaches to take more Tylenol, so it wouldn't necessarily be the Tylenol causing autism, be the headache that's caused them to take the Tylenol. So we, we got the correlation, and then it's exactly what you started talking about. They start doing some more studies, and then this newer study comes out, and they're saying not only are we finding the correlation, but... The more Tylenol that is in the cord blood, the more likely we are to see the autism. Yeah, that's why
2: the, I guess the 2021 uh, study from Johns Hopkins, that's why it's groundbreaking, per se, at least in this field. Everything else beforehand just showed correlation. Dose dependent gives a little bit greater strength, um, a little bit more validity in, from, in the scientific community that we might be looking at something here. Autism can be related to a number of uh, criteria. It could be related to genetics environmental issues. There's there's a, a lot of different studies out there. No one's quite sure what causes autism. Genetics is, is for sure, but we don't know what really truly is the other criteria that causes autism. We just know that there's a number of possible issues that correlate with a greater incidence, greater rate of a uh, diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder, ASD, or other neurodevelopmental disorders. This study gives a little bit of greater credence to the fact that the more Acetaminophen, the more Tylenol, and again, acetaminophen is just generic Tylenol, the more it's used during pregnancy, the more that a a fetus is exposed to such, the greater the likelihood that they're going to develop a a neurodevelopmental disorder. And the core blood samples, I mean, that's, I wouldn't call it proof positive, but it's the strongest correlation to date, and it displays somewhat quasi causation.
1: And I know, you know, when we're sitting out there, a lot of people that are listening to this probably thought, the first thing that popped into my head, okay? No way this could be the case. Everyone takes Tylenol or acetaminophen when they're pregnant. If it caused autism, every, we'd have autistic babies everywhere because everyone takes it. You know, it's one of those things that's that's sort of universal. So you got to start looking a little bit deeper at things because, hey, it's not like smoking, right? Okay, no one doubts smoking causes lung cancer, right? But do most smokers die of lung cancer? No. It doesn't cause lung cancer more often than not, but it clearly causes lung cancer. So you can't look at it and say, hey, I know 50 smokers who didn't get lung cancer. Therefore, smoking doesn't cause lung cancer. No, what we're looking at is a situation where, yeah, there's a lot of people who were able to take acetaminophen. A lot of people were able to take Tylenol when they're pregnant and didn't didn't have an autistic child. Okay, but did that what we're finding is it looks like that Tylenol may have played a role in causing autism and the more Tylenol you took the more likely you were to have an autistic child and these are the types of things that we expect drug companies manufacturers and things to be testing and learning before they market products to society now the here's what's important okay When you're pregnant, if you're a pregnant female and you've got a headache or you've got some pain, you should know whether or not the drug you're choosing to take increases your child's risk of autism. And then you can make the educated decision on whether or not you want to take the Tylenol or you want to suffer with the pain and avoid the risk. And then what happens is when you don't tell people, you don't tell people this can increase the risk, they don't get to make that decision you know they don't get to make the choice cuz i am sure there are a number of people out there that if told tylenol caused autism they're going they're just suffering with the headache correct they're not taking the tylenol
2: and the problem we've had to date though and this is where the case may lag and may struggle and i guess is the biggest weakness is all the studies to date preceding 2021 show correlation they didn't necessarily show causation there was nothing that showed dose dependency so this is the most recent study so As we get into discovery in this case, as this uh, multi-district litigation takes off and more lawsuits are filed in the MDL in the Southern District of New York, during discovery, we'll see the internal documents. We'll see the internal studies that were conducted by Johnson & Johnson, which is the parent company of the Sicilian area that owns Tylenol, and also the manufacturers of acetaminophen. And some of them were actually made made, store-made by manufacturers that work hand-in-hand with uh, Costco, Walmart, CVS, Walgreens—these are the individuals, or these are the companies, rather that have been sued so far. We don't know what that's going to show, but as of date, the, I mean, the American College of Obstetricians—they can't really state that the, the, we should not use acetaminophen. We do not recommend using acetaminophen if you're pregnant. They can't say that because there's just been correlation to date. But a 2021 study that came out from Johns Hopkins University—I think that gives us pause for concern. I think that tells the manufacturers they probably should have uh, at least put a warning in place. But we haven't seen that yet from the American College of Obstetricians. So that leads us to believe, is a science strong? Is it really show causation or is it just correlation? And that's what the defense is going to argue.
1: I think it plays into one of the things that you've heard, to some extent, society talk about over the last few years. And it's been... You know, uh, almost a debate or a question are kids being overdiagnosed with ADHD? Are they being overdiagnosed with ADD? Are they being overdiagnosed with autism? Because the prevalence of these diagnoses has increased substantially over the last several decades. You know, in 1950, we had a small fraction of the number of ADHD, ADD, and autism diagnoses that we would have now. And, and through time, it started to increase. We got to look is this due to more accurate diagnoses? Is this due to more people relying on different drugs that we didn't know were causing these things? You know, either one of these could be an answer.
2: I mean, the sheer potential for this to be the biggest mass tort in history, when you consider the amount of women that take Tylenol, It's the there's no other pain medication one can take when, or women can take rather, when she's pregnant. So, and you look at the universe of, uh, of children who've been diagnosed with neurodevelopmental disorders, well, that's vast. There's probably hundreds and hundreds of thousands of cases out there that might wind up joining the uh, this MDL. So we don't know how big is going to take off, but I think we're going to learn a lot about the internal studies within the manufacturers of the generic acetaminophen for uh, these retailers, again, like CVS, Walgreens, Costco that sell their own product or Tylenol itself, which is, again, owned by Johnson Johnson.
1: You're right. And and the bottom line to this is, I'm, you know, Matt and aren't sitting here telling you if, if your child has autism or has some sort of neurodevelopmental disorder that this is related to Tylenol or, or any type of acetaminophen-containing product, what we're telling you is that if you've got a child that's had that diagnosis and you did take acetaminophen or Tylenol, it's something you probably need to look at. Yeah. Uh, because if it played a role in causing this damage to your child— uh, you know, it's something they need to be held accountable for. You know, Agreed. and I think it would be
2: irresponsible for us to say that it, it, there's a cause there because no scientific study has really shown that yet. Although, again, the Johns Hopkins Boston cohort study of 996 women and showing, a, you know, cord samples taken, study over a course of a year and a half, it comes close to showing causation. Because again, dose dependency, the greater the dose the woman took, the more often the rate that they took acetaminophen during pregnancy, the more instances that they took it, The greater the incidence, the greater the rate, the greater the exposure and the greater likelihood that they will, you know, they have a child that has developed a a neurodevelopmental disorder.
1: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of what we say is based in fact. But, yeah, we're attorneys out here. We're giving you our opinion of what the facts show and our opinions of what we see out there. Uh, But it's, you know, these things are based in studies. And what you'll find is like like with almost anything, you know, Most of these product liability claims, most of the significant product issues, they start with a whisper. They don't start with a scream. Someone says, hey, you know, I I noticed this. This seems odd that this is going on. Let's talk about things like CTE. Not Not a mass tort, but it started with a whisper. One or two people going, hey, this looks weird. Is there a causal relationship here? And then over time, as more efforts and more resources get devoted to investigating it, it turns into a roar. Okay, we're kind of at that whisper stage now. We're just now starting to push forward with the type of evidence that has, you know, that's likely to turn it into a roar. But let me tell you what, this is a really big issue and a really big deal if the evidence holds strong and, and we show these causal links.
2: I would say we're probably past the whisper stage. I think we entered that back in 2016, 17. We're not quite at the roar stage. Science often lags behind reality, and it's going to take a few more years. Usually, these are three- to five-year studies. The, the Boston cohort study was just a year and a half because it was cord samples. There's going to be a number of more studies that are going to come out, um, and epidemiological studies that will tell us what is the rate of incidence studying women over a five-year period and obviously using A and B split test of women that are using uh, Tylenol or acetaminophen. women that are not using it. And then we have to study those, you know, the children and seeing what happens. And that until that's done, it's going to be, a, again, probably 5, 10 years before that happens. We're not going to know proof positive. So the science is going to be disputed, as it is in pretty much every mass tour we look at anyway. Right now, we're looking at Zantac, and they're going through the Daubert hearings. And you want to explain what Daubert
1: is, Stan? Daubert basically has to do with the scientific standard for presentation of evidence in the court uh it's a sort of threshold gatekeeper type of standard that the judge applies to scientific theories you know to see if in fact they are reliable enough to be presented in court you know, this is the type of thing that keeps psychics out from testifying. You know, hey, we, we're sure you may see these things, but we don't believe your psychic testimony is reliable enough to come into court. OK, so that's kind of what Daubert is, that they're going through the Daubert hearings to make sure the scientific evidence underlying this theory is sound enough to be presented to the jury. And that's going to be an issue that's going to be
2: hardly contested over the next two years. We're not going to probably get the Daubert hearings till I would assume sometime in 2024. So the internal discovery, what we see in terms of the manufacturers and their internal documents and studies that have been done, that will probably lead us to believe whether the science is really there or not, because the long-term studies comparing women who are taking it versus women who are not taking it and the rate of incidence in the children, we're not going to know that for another five to six years. So I think it's all going to be related to what the internal documents show at both uh, Johnson Johnson and manufacturers of a generic and sediment
1: and, and for people that are listening, going five to six years, well, why do I want to do anything now? OK, it's five to six years is when we're talking about being done. OK, now's the time to get in the queue. Now's the time that you want to make your claim known, because what's going to happen is these are not like, hey, you know, Red Baron shorted people on their pizza cheese and everyone's getting a free ounce of cheese. OK, everyone's got individualized damages in this case, and they're going to start getting categorized. So you want people to start looking at your case, kind of figuring out where you fall along the spectrum, and start presenting these cases in the light most favorable to the plaintiff. Okay, once we're down the road, once we're five or six years, does that mean people can't still jump on the boat? No, but they're sitting behind the people that got in first.
2: And skeptics can argue that this is a correlation, not causation, but it would be very difficult to pen this as junk science. Right? These aren't bunk studies. These studies have been repeated over and over again. There's been eight studies now to date that have shown a greater incidence in the rate of neurodevelopmental disorders. Six of them showing a greater rate of uh, autism or autism spectrum disorder, which is the proper term for you know in children whose mothers took this while they were in utero. So it's very difficult to just sit there and shrug your shoulders and say this is not this isn't possible or this is just pure BS correlation. Causation, not quite there, but I think there's enough for uh, mothers to be concerned, pregnant mothers to be concerned, and enough for mothers of uh, autistic children or those who have developmental disorders to really pay close attention to these studies and give us a call. You know, We're, we're, we're here. We'd love to talk to you. Um, we have a lot of information on our website, www.dolmanlaw.com. Stan, you want to share our phone number?
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you, the website is a fantastic resource. We have tons and tons of information. We devote a lot of time to trying to make it pretty full. Uh, so you can go there, or if you just want to go ahead and get the process started and call us direct, you can reach out anytime at 833-552-7274. That number's answered 24 hours a day. we got our intake team. We'll be ready to talk to you as soon as you call. Uh, we can get the ball rolling on these claims any hour of the day. Greatly appreciate you. I wish you have a great day.
0: This episode of David vs. Goliath is over, but your journey is just getting started. To share your story with us, visit dolmanlaw.com. That's D-O-L-M-A-N law.com or call 866-965-6242.